Our series is, is on peace and contentment, and uh, we, we've been learning, as Paul said, the secret of being content in any and every situation in life. So one of the first and early things that we have to learn is I cannot afford to tie my happiness or my contentment to a circumstance. Because if I do that, if I make that choice, and by the way, most of us do when we're young. We, we, I'm gonna be, when you're really young, it's absolutely. When you're a baby, think of the progression, right? You throw an absolute fit the minute you are hungry or whatever. So you, you start to mature, and then when you're a teenager, you know, you throw minor fits, and then when you're an adult, you throw adult fits. You know what I mean? They're just usually a little more socially acceptable, usually. <laughs> but you, if you tie your, your contentment to a circumstance, then you're going to always be off kilter, right? Because you can't, you can't have a perfect circumstance. Nobody does. And so Paul said, I learned the secret to be content in any and every situation. And we've done experiments and you've been responding. Some of you've learned literally to stand in front of the dishwasher and love it. And you just, what what was it? You literally just reprogrammed your mind. You just said, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. This is always going to be a part of my life. I'm always going to do laundry or dishes or mow the lawn. I'm going to choose to love this experience. I'm going to choose to enjoy this experience. I'm not going to choose to try to get to the next thing, which is how we do it when we're young. But we say, this is wonderful that I have food to wash off of these dishes. This is a, and so the, the, the thing that we're learning is contentment is actually in the mind. And I want to talk for a minute about the power of your mind. Um, in this section, as Paul writes about contentment, he, he says in there, um, to think about certain things, to think about certain things. And the things that we think about, what we learn, start to shape us. I think it was about 2011, the New England Journal of Medicine um, did an experiment. They asked 180 people, 165 completed this experiment, and they had osteoarthritis or some other kind of knee deterioration. And, and so um, they brought in these 180 uh, people, and they were told before the operation that some of them may actually not have the operation. And they had, you've heard the placebo effect or the sugar pill. So these people came in, and They didn't know if they were going to have the operation or not have the operation. They brought everybody through the same procedure. Um, The ones that did not get the operation actually had incisions in their knee just that pierced the skin. They went through pre-op. They went through everything that the the people that actually had the operation, post-op, the masks, the gowns, everything was exactly the same. And after their experiment, 165 people, New England Journal of Medicine, this is not Quackville, Read it. You can read the report. Zero difference. As they, what they do is after post-op, they start to measure one week out, two weeks out, three weeks out, four weeks out, pain scale, one through five. They go through exercises. They detected zero difference. The net was equal. What is that telling us? This thing is pretty what? 
powerful. You become what you think. If you do a lot of digging in Proverbs 23, verse 7, you'll know that there's a ton of debate. I mean, you have to dig, but there's a ton of debate about what this phrase actually means. But if you grew up with the King James, it's phrased this way. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. You become what you think about. So if if there was a secret that Paul was talking about, it has to be, I can't tie my happiness to my circumstances because my circumstances are constantly, what? Changing, right? They're always changing. I have a lot of money. I have no money. I have a good job. I have a bad job. I have a nice boss. Then he got hired to another company. I have a terrible boss. I have this. I have, is this true? Yeah, I have a great kid. I have a, another kid. Huh? You know who they are, right? I, I, can't, I can't afford to... T- <laughs> There's one in your house? I can't afford to tie my happiness to everything because I can't build, I can't build perfection around me. So it's a mental thing. Paul said, I've learned the secret. Now, You call it faith. You can use another word if that's helpful. But faith is actually this belief that things are working for the good. Fear is that things are going to work for the bad. So you have your circumstance, and you can read about all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. There are tons of studies in this particular... But what they're learning is... People can be happy and they don't have much. People can be terribly miserable and they have everything. So it's internal. And what they're figuring out is some people, they operate, I'll call it fear, and some people operate in faith. Their their fundamental outlook is this is going to work out good. This is going to be fine. I don't know how, but I, I just this is going to be good. Now, we all battle. We have shades of fear, no doubt about it, all of us. If you read over and over and over again, theme in the scripture is don't fear. Jesus, don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Trust. Don't fear. But it really is, think of this, it's like a fork in the road for you. When you come into a circumstance, you have to decide, am I going to let fear run this? The idea that this is going to work out bad. Fear, ready? This is going to work out bad. Or faith, this is going to work out fine. One of the great, you know, patriarchs, or the, the patriarch in Scripture, Abraham. And if you know the story of Abraham, Genesis 12, he, God calls his, he hears God calling him, uh, I'm going to bless you, right? I'm going to make you into a, a great nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham starts off on this journey following God, not knowing where he's going, but following anyway. And so he starts with faith. But like all of us, he wrestles with fear and doubt. And there's a great story where he, he, he goes to Egypt. He starts accumulating a lot of money, a lot of wealth, it says. And he's got, he's got all kinds of animals, silver and gold. And He's got his nephew with him, Lot. 
And as they're traveling, it's like their, their family grew too big, too wealthy, and Lot and his team, his people, and Abraham and their team, they, they just started to be in conflict with each other. There was just too many people, too much cattle, too many things. And so they decided they needed to split ways. And Abraham tells his nephew Lot, um, you know what? We have all this land in front of us. They're coming back from Egypt towards the direction of what we call the promised land. He says, why don't you pick? And uh, Lot looks and he sees a well-watered area and he, he picks the better half. And he says, I'm going to go this direction. And Abraham graciously allows his nephew uh, to take the, the better half and he takes the other direction. Some time goes on and uh, there were some raiding kings and they had an alliance uh, and they came in and they attacked the area that Lot had settled. Abraham's living in a completely different area, but he gets word that Abraham or that his nephew Lot had been captured and his family and all this. So this is his nephew. This is a, a young man who's been with him for years and years and years. Abraham doesn't have any children. So this is kind of like his only son. He, he sends a group, Abraham, uh, 318 men, they divide, they, they go on one side, they go on the other, they take back, they rescue Lot, they conquer these conquerors, and they bring back Lot, and, and as they bring them back, um, the scripture tells a story, you would think, anybody, Lot... First of all, Abraham made him who he was. Then he gave him all this land. Now he saved his tail, right? Any parents here ever save your kid's tail? from? The... And then what you think is going to happen is not what happens? <laughs> Profound gratitude. Dad, I'm going to start doing this differently. Oh, man, you just... What do they do? Let's go right back to how they were like a week before. You know, and in other words, it's Lot just he just he doesn't come back to Abraham. He doesn't start say, you know what? I should just work with you, and so he just goes back. And and the and the scripture is silent about the story. But what's fascinating is this: you can read it all Genesis fourteen, but the next chapter fifteen, Abraham and God have this conversation, and it says. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid. There's it again, right? Don't be afraid, Abraham. What's Abraham thinking? I can't believe this. You know, I risked my life. I put all our guys. He just takes off again. I am your reward. I am your shield. Abraham, but Lord, um, how, how can you do this? Uh, I, I remain childless, and there's no one to inherit my estate. All we have is this servant in my household. In other words, remember the promise? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. Now time's gone by. And I think he had put some hope that maybe Lot was going to be it. Maybe, maybe this is how it'll happen. This has happened to all of us put our hope into something. Think This is how it's going to work out. It's going to happen this way. And you go and he rescues Lot and you, you're feeling good. You're like, oh, I did something so good for him. And this, he's going to come back to me. He's gone. Listen to what God does. This is so important. Abraham, he says, come here. Look at the stars. 
Look at the stars. Come here. Have you done this in a while? Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the curse of city living, you know? We just don't do this enough. Just to sit out under the stars and just watch them pop out. But when you do, it's, it's mighty. Look at the stars. And he says, Abraham, I want you to stick this in your mind. So shall your offspring be. So shall your offspring be. So shall your... Some of you are saying, this is just a coincidence or this is a thing. Or, or, is it more than that? Is there some power to sticking things in your mind that when he laid under the stars, he says, no, that's, that's my future. That's my family. That's my... You start to plant things in your mind. I'm healthy. I'm better. Or you start to say, I'm worse. This is terrible. This is going to be so bad. The economy, the government, the, the right? You got your thing, you got your complaining list. Some of you get up every single day, you make complaints like vitamins for your corroding soul, right? Like, this is terrible. Give me some B, this sucks. You know, give me some D minus, right? And you just, you just go through the list of how terrible everything is. And what, what's going to come out? <clears throat> You say, no, there's no real power in that. I beg to differ. I just do. I think your mind is powerful. And I think when the scripture uses things like trust and believe and all that, it's tapping in something deep inside of you that God has planted there. And he's like, look a different direction. Stop looking at Lot. Stop looking at what you've lost. Stop looking at the past. Look at the stars. Look at them. Look, just look. Do yourself a favor, ready? Find some activities, some exercise where you can plant in your soul, down in your psyche. Some people would call it your subconscious, whatever it is that says, no, this is going to work out good. I'm going to change the direction of my eyes. I'm going to look, as the scripture says, to the heavens. I'm going to look at the stars. Now think. Somebody said we too often remember what we should forget. And we forget what we should remember. Isn't it often we're dragging up things we should forget? I mean, there's some things I just need to forget. Think about this. Think about things from your, your childhood. You used to know very well, and then you're trying to piece them together, and they start to become fuzzy after a while. Ah, it's true. You, you can forget. If you don't keep going over and over and over and over, oh, Lot screwed me. I can't believe that spoiled brat. I can't believe, right? You just keep going and go. No, it's like just leave the direction there and look, the, look at the heavens. Look at the promise. Look at the possibility. And some of you are like, well, Chris, I think this is just one of those hype you speeches and I don't really believe it. Then listen very carefully. Listen. You have to ask yourself some questions about the power of your mind. I'm not talking about just your brain, your mind. As a man thinks, thinks in his heart, what you believe way down here, not in what you know, what you believe way down here, this is going to be good. Can I just boil this down? You're at a fork, and you have to decide... And this comes 
all the time. This comes with a new job. This comes with an old job. This comes with a new neighborhood. This comes with new information. This comes with a new president. This comes with a new this, a new... But look, this is going to be good. This is going to be bad. It's going to work out for me good. It's going to be good. And you say, Chris, but that, isn't that just like false belief? No. You, you draw to what you are down here. Why did Paul say, whatsoever is good, what is noble, what is worthy, what, right? Think about these things. There is nothing negative in that list. Nothing. And he goes, and also remember your sin. <laughs> How many Christians do I know that they, I had some conversation the other day, and somebody was like, well, I, they were all mad because I talked about original goodness versus original sin, which is what I believe in. But no, don't, don't email me, just save it. But anyway, it's what I believe in. And you can believe what you want, but this person was like, well, I believe it. Well, you believe what you want, but here's the thing. Paul doesn't say, he goes, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about these things. And the person was saying, well, it helps me to think about what a bad sinner I am because it makes me realize God's grace. Okay. It feels like a stretch to me, but if it helps, and it honestly does help, it, then okay. But what Paul was saying was, look, shift your thinking. So think about these things. What scientists are learning back, you know, is, is that we wear these grooves. And, and I'm not there, so if you're better at this, you can clarify, send me a nice polite email, and I'll explain all the finer details. I'm not a brain surgeon, but here I'll just give you what I'm... They're learning that there are these grooves that we wear. And I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase, they're like grooves, neural connections. This is what they're learning. That's why my golf swing is so bad. It's true. It's so bad. Because I have taught myself to believe swing harder. Because everything I ever did in life was just go harder. Right? All of my sports are go harder. Football, boxing, right? Just go harder. In fact, when I played basketball, my coach, basketball coach, goes, Kramer, it's not football. It's basketball. Evidently, I translated some of the aggressive behaviors to the basketball court, which he didn't feel were necessary right? So for, so for golf, it's like, it's not going. So I'm going to what? Anybody have a bad swing like me? I'm going to what? Swing harder. And what, are you, what happens when you swing harder and you have a bad swing? It goes further out of bounds. Further. <laughs> this is, this, you, you have a memory and your memory, it's a, it's a memory. So what's smarter to swing harder with a bad swing or to go through the work of retraining how I swing. But a lot of people, listen, a lot of people live their life the way I live my golf swing. It's wired poorly, but I'm just going to swing harder. I'm going to do what I have been doing. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm full of fear. But I'm just going to do it harder. Or... I'm going to start to rewire these connections. I'm going to wear a new groove. And if you've ever cha- tried to change this, not to get too golfy today, but it just feels like it feels wrong. Like, that's not right. That's not right. I've got to rip it. i got to... Like, no, just let the club work. You're going to fight change. You're going to resist change. Just like Abraham did. You read it, it's over and over again. He's constantly, by the way, his name's Abram. 
at the time I'm telling you this story. He has not yet changed his name to Abraham, father of many. Why would you change your name to Abraham if you... If you're, why would you call yourself Mac Daddy if you don't have any kids yet? You know what I mean? Big Daddy, license plate. You know what I mean? He's changing everything. Why? He's got to rewire his mind. You'll st- if, you, if you start in this path, you'll start to see it over and over and over and over again in the Scriptures. Our words... And our thoughts, we know words have vibrations to them. Is it more than a cute saying in Proverbs when it says, in the tongue there is the power of life and death? I think it might be. I think some of us have said words that are negative about ourselves or about our future or to our kids or about our kids. You say negative things, negative, negative. And you say, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's just stuff that goes into the air. It's, it's actually not. It goes, it's energy. You actually know that there's vibrations. And those vibrations go into someone's eardrum. In the tongue is the power of life and death. So if in my mind I'm thinking fear and doubt, and if my words I'm saying hate and anger, and what, where am I headed? I say, Chris, but don't you... Don't you like wait until everything's great and then you have a big celebration and you start talking nice and being nice? No. No. You change here and here and you end up here. For us, every single day is an opportunity to, like God was doing with Abraham, reprogram our minds reprogram them. The scripture talks about be transformed or changed by renewing your mind. Rewiring those grooves. I, man, I, this happens and I start to think this. Some people will tell you they have certain, if they have a smell, I get this anxiety. If I have this visual, this, it, it, you, you can reprogram it. Exercise for you. Take the 23rd Psalm. Who's ever heard the 23rd Psalm? If you haven't, you're probably not American. Right? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. Okay. Here's what I want you to do today. So you take that Psalm. I want you to get a piece of paper. Just get a blank sheet of paper. I want you to rewrite it in your words. Because sometimes you distance yourself from it and you're like, you know it. It's something you... Don't worry. Lightning won't strike you or anything like that. God's always watching over me. I know I'm always going to have what I need. Put on your friend. He's always watching over me, right? When people attack me, God will be there serving me dinner. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. We don't. They're, they're, they're too. They're, the words are too pretty that we don't. They're not gutsy enough, so we don't internalize them. Are you with me? Go through the 23rd Psalm. When my day goes awry, I'm not afraid or anxious. You will be by my side. With your arm around me and your spirit within me, I feel confident and secure. That's mine. 
for verse 4. You start to personalize, put it on your refrigerator, and say good things. Start to change the way you verbalize and the way that you think. And guess what? Different things are going to start happening in your life. Hebrews says, faith, right, is being confident of what we hope for. Confident of what we hope for. What is this whole thing about? What's this whole shindig about? Faith. So should we be confident or unconfident? Yeah, that's what it is. It's the most confident people I've ever seen. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. Huh? You shank one in the woods? I love the woods. It's great over there. It's time to reflect, right? It's going to work out. Your decision, think with this, your decision is this now. Say, but, oh, but Chris, I get myself worked up. I start thinking, I know. Okay, listen. You can reprogram yourself. Listen to me. I got like a minute. I don't know what I got. A minute. The thing's broke. All right. I don't know how long I have, but not long. Um, uh, well, I was going to say something good. Oh, you can fail. Oh, thank you. Two minutes. <laughs> it's going to work out. Everything's going to work out fine. Don't worry about it. You, but, but some of you, it's like you tr- try once and it doesn't, you, you, you don't think differently. You aren't differently. Look, uh, I, could use a, I could use a golf swing. I could use a baseball swing. I could use a jump shot. It doesn't matter. You aren't going to fix it like that. You're, you're going to go back to the same old way you used to do it. So you got to change the input, what's going in. You can't keep having the old inputs. So start to change them and you will start to notice. This will be an evolution. This will be an evolution. You will evolve. All of a sudden you'll start to think better thoughts. You'll start to have happy, happy inside of you. But don't give up because you shanked one in the woods. You say to yourself, I'm going to reprogram the way I think. I'm going to reprogram the way that I believe. And what is deep down inside? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your negative rut, you can reprogram. You got to undo some of the things that you've been allowing in there. You got to stop looking at certain past events that, okay, deal with them, talk, but then shut them down and get your life moving in a different direction. And then start with these words. Why? Because you're hearing them, for one. God's my overseer. He woke up before I did. (laughs) How many parents, how many parents remember that, like just, tucking your kids in bed and just taking an extra minute just to stare. Just to stare. Just to marvel. Or you get over their bed right before they wake up and you just, wow. You're already thinking about them, aren't you? You're thinking about how you're going to take care of them. You're thinking about getting them something to eat. You're thinking about they're going to be screaming soon. You're thinking about all these things. But you're already there. God's already, he's already awake. 
He knows what you're going to wake up worried about and thinking about. He's like, so you say, God's my shepherd. He's watching over me. He's standing over my crib. I shall not want. This is going to work out. Right? Surely, this is how the psalm ends. Surely, if you're a King James person, you grew up with a tradition, goodness and mercy, right? Or you, you, the other one says, faithfulness and love are going to follow me every day of my life. This, say this. What if you said this every single day? God's goodness and love is chasing me down today. It's going to chase me down. Different mindset. I was talking to somebody last night, and they said, you know, they have a business, and they were telling me, they said, people are so skeptical. This is an honest, this is an honest person that does building. Just honestly, trying to make a dollar, but trying to help people. Never, honestly, trying to get one over on somebody. He said, every person that comes in, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, they come in, they're so skeptical. The thought in their mind is, this guy's trying to get me. This guy. Isn't that, huh? That's how we are. They're trying to get me. What if you changed your mind and you said, no, goodness is following me around today, right? Love is chasing me down. Everywhere that I go. Why? Makes me into a different person. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. Paul said, whatsoever is good, whatever is of a good report, right? Whatever is happy, whatever is noble, think about these things. For some of you, this is what this means. Ready? This is your remote. Click. What was, that was the off button. There's some of you, it's just like, I can't do it. It just, it just consumes me, and I get into a fit. and a ra- For what? Think about what's good. 